Dedication details to come. We'll let you know, okay? The, uh, anyway, we'll let you know. Uh, if you have a, a bulletin, would you locate that? Because there's a card in the bulletin that I want to talk to you about. Uh, this is your last chance today. Um, Follow-up questions to the Holy Spirit series. Uh, more questions have been asked on this topic of the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit than almost anything uh, that I've been a part of for a long time. So uh, we thought this through and we said, why don't we give you an opportunity to write down your questions and next Sunday we're going to answer, I'll answer a handful of those questions. But even if we don't answer it up here, the staff has made the decision, we're going to answer everybody. If you'll ask a question, give us your email, we'll respond to your question. So uh, Lord willing, if we can read your email, uh, we're going to get back to you. So if you would, there's uh, little buckets back uh, on the sound booth. There's one there, ushers uh, area right there on the table as you go out over there, ministry hub. Uh, and I'll even leave this one up here. So if you want to write a question down and uh, perhaps you'll hear it next Sunday. Uh, but either way, for sure, you're going to hear from us and we'll give you our best answer in due time. One more thing before we uh, get rolling. Um, we had uh, a pamphlet called uh, How Can I Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. I think we've made up, Jody said, 650 uh, and 100 over at East Jordan 7, and, and we're almost out again. So what I've realized is uh, many of us might be uh, better readers than we are listeners. Uh, so uh, we have some more pamphlets, Praying for Your Prodigal, uh, Why Life is So Hard, and if I believe, why do I doubt? And they're on that uh, table right outside of Jody's office. So if any of those sounds interesting, we'll try to keep those stocked up for you to uh, enjoy and uh, learn from. Take with you. Maybe give away to somebody who could use one of those pamphlets. This is week number 11 in our 12-week series, Don't Be Afraid of the Ghost. Last Sunday, we looked at the fruit or the acts of the flesh. We, uh, I referred to them as the, the hideous 15 and got some good questions about the hideous 15 last week. Today, we're going to look at the flip side of the hideous 15, and that's the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Fruit that's produced by the third person of the Trinity. Fruit that takes up residence through the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. Track with me now. When we say yes, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I receive you as Savior and Lord. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives. Okay, And then it's fruit that is evident in our lives through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit when we're connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, abiding with Christ, that's the fruit we're talking about. Understand? Shake your head if you think you're getting it, okay? It, it's fruit done not in our own efforts, not in our own power, not in our own ingenuity. That's nice, good, moral, religious stuff. That's works. 
That's legalism. Uh, frankly, that's plastic fruit. That's fruits that are hollow, empty, that'll wear you down and wear you out, and all that produces is pride. So whenever we're just doing nice, good, moral, religious stuff in our own energy and our own power, that's ugly. What we're talking is Jesus and his spirit in us working through us and the fruit that that produces in our lives. Would you stand with me once again? I know. You can have extra dessert today. Up, down, up, down, right? Yeah. Uh, we're we're going to start with verse 16. We're going to read down through verse 25. We'll read uh, the fruit of the flesh. Then we'll move into the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Would you read with me? Here we go. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord, how privileged we are to be called children of the living God. Wow. It's not like we earned or merited or deserved that title, but Lord, thank you for your grace, your patience, your love, your mercy. And Lord, I know that many standing right here have had a great week, but there's many here as well who've had a really challenging week. Thank you for your presence and power and your goodness. You walked right beside us. You're a good, good father. Thank you. And right now, Lord, uh, we want to thank you for the church family that we're blessed to live life with. Thank you, Lord, that we get to gather every Sunday and worship with one another. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to reach out and love one another and support one another, and pray for each other, and encourage each other. Lord, thank you for our time of worshiping you in song. Lord, we know that you inhabit our praise, (laughs) and it's a delight to corporately sing songs that lift up and honor and glorify your son, Jesus. Lord, would you inhabit your church right now as we dig in to your inspired book? It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful to know that the very same Holy Spirit that inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words down for us, that very same Spirit is alive in each and every one of your children here today. 
So, Lord, we want to invite your spirit to come and take charge in your church. Corporately, and Lord, would you take charge of each of us individually right now? And Lord, if you're not able to come and sit on the throne because there's sin that we've committed, if there's sin that we've ignored or maybe blamed somebody for, Lord, would you point that out? Because we want you to be able to rule and reign. And we recognize, Lord, sin that we act on walls off and creates barriers between us and you. Lord, we're grateful that we don't have to live that way long term. So if there's any of that going on right now, would you point it out? Would you convict us of sin that we've not taken to the cross yet? And as you make things clear right now, we're already going to run to the cross. (laughs) And as we stand at the foot of the cross, Lord, it's the place of forgiveness and cleansing and healing. And Lord, what you're making clear, what you call sin, we're going to call it the very same thing. Would you please wash and cleanse and purify now? It's awesome and amazing (laughs) that we can get back in right relationship with you through confession. May that not just occur on Sunday mornings, Lord. Help us to get good at confessing and running to the cross all week long. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Last week we looked at the fruit of the flesh, explained each of those 15 one by one in detail. Today we're going to do the same thing with the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. One by one, want to work through and uh, identify what those are all about. But before we jump in, I need to give you a key fact. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this one down. You're not going to see it as easy in the English Bible Um, I'm no Greek scholar, but uh, I know enough Greek to be dangerous, but here we go. The fruit of the flesh are plural, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit are singular in the Greek. Fruit of the flesh, plural. Fruit of the Holy Spirit, singular. What does that mean? Why is that important to know? Okay, it's possible to only practice one or two of the fruits of the flesh. Look up at verse 19, 20, 21. Um, almost never is anybody practicing all 15 of the hideous 15 at once. So, so again, you can practice one or two or three or four of the fruits of the flesh, but not all of the other ones. But listen, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are always practiced in unity. In other words, if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you've got all nine of them going on at the same time. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, um, all the fruits are present. When Jesus fills me with love and peace, but I feel like, well, I am not feeling joyful and patience is missing from my life. Tracking? Uh, I don't feel very patient right now. Uh, <laughs> Wrong, Jeff. If patience is missing, all of the fruits are missing, okay? If joy is on vacation, then I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Make sense? So there are either all nine there or none of them are there. That's the singular effect there. Connected to Jesus, we're filled with all nine or all nine are missing in our lives. Now that's not to say that perhaps one of the nine isn't shining brightest, but all nine are there at any given moment or none are present at any given moment. Okay, now let's work through the nine. Try to give you a little understanding of each of the nine fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. That's agape love. That's the word that's used there. The love of Jesus that sets up camp in a Christian's life when we say, I do, to Jesus by faith. Jesus, I believe in what you did for me on the cross. Jesus, I believe what you did for me rising from the dead. Agape love takes up residence. Agape love is others-focused and other-centered. In other words, uh, that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He was looking out for our needs and our interests. And when we show his agape love, that's what we're doing for others as well. I'm looking out for others. I'm looking out for you first, your needs first. And then you can know whenever I'm thinking about what about me, what about my needs, how come I'm not getting my way, ding, ding, what should I know? Agape has run out the door, okay? As soon as you're thinking that way, agape is gone and you're missing all nine. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Holy optimism. Joy is a sense of well-being not dependent on my circumstances. Okay? Rain or snow or cold or the wolverines lose again to the buckeyes. Oh, man. Happy going bye-bye. But joy says, you know what, Jesus, you're still on the throne. You have a plan. You have a purpose for my life. I trust you. Joy is available on our worst days because it's not circumstances dependent. It's being connected to Jesus. You're on the throne. I trust you, Lord. You know what you're doing. Even though I don't get it, even though I don't like it, I trust you. That's holy optimism. That's joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that Jesus Christ is the prince of... Okay, I'll give you another run at that, okay? Isaiah 9, 6 tells us that Jesus Christ is indeed the prince of... There you go. Where Jesus rules and reigns, peace rules and reigns. So wherever Jesus is, where Jesus is in control, peace is ruling and reigning with the Prince of Peace. So when we've invited Jesus to come and sit on the throne, the Prince of Peace brings his holy calmness into our lives. Philippians 4 and verse 7 says this way, the peace of Christ guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Think about that. The holy calmness of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, when he's on the throne, guards our emotions, our feelings, our personality. 
The holy calmness guards our minds, our thoughts, our attitudes, our memories. Peace rules and reigns whenever the prince of peace is ruling and reigning. The fruit of the Spirit is patience. I know we read forbearance. Forgive me, I'm not a translator, but I like patience better than forbearance. To me, it speaks clear, but that's just me. Uh, I also like the King James Version on this. You know what King James says? The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. Now that speaks, doesn't it? Okay, when you've got to be patient with someone, don't you feel like you're suffering long? It's like, oh man, oh Lord, help me, help me with this. Uh, again, it's slow to anger, it's slow to yell, it's slow to get upset, it's showing mercy and grace instead of exploding or venting on someone. Patience, allowing the Holy Spirit to give me the grace to be patient with other people. Catch this, just like Jesus has been so patient in long-suffering with me. Okay, We need to remember that. Oh, yeah, he's, he's been far more patient with me than I've ever showed to anybody else. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, tender concern. It's the gentle care and generosity that Jesus has shown us. In a harsh, blunt world, it's being warm and considerate. How do you do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be kind and gentle and generous and warm towards others. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What's the next one? Goodness. Four of you knew it. Good. Okay. Uh, Goodness. 1 Corinthians 13 speaks of hoping, believing, praying for the good of those around us. It's believing for the best in others. This world we live in, it's easy to get cynical, is it not? And I expect the worst in other people. I expect you to mess up. Matter of fact, I got my magnifying glass on you, and I'm looking, Ron, I'm watching, and I'm going to find the fatal flaws in you. That's not what this is all about. Instead, I'm looking, believing, praying, actively working for the good in other people. It's just the opposite. That only happens in the power of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness. What's the next one? Say it. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is loyalty and trustworthiness. And there's this song that we sing, and we sing it loud. So you can join with me. It's uh, great is thy. Sing it. Faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Why would I want to be faithful? Because he's faithful to me. And it's, it's showing that faithfulness back to the Lord our God, to Jesus, faithful to his word, faithful to the leading of his Holy Spirit, faithful to his church, faithful to our spouses, faithful to our children, faithful to my boss at work, faithful to my friends, faithful to the unchurched around me. How do you do that? Get connected to the vine. 
stay connected to the vine, walk with Jesus, get filled with Jesus and his spirit. That's how you do it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. What's the next one? Gentleness. Mark chapter 11, verse 29 says this. Jesus was gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus was gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus was no mouse. Read the Gospels. Jesus was no doormat. Uh, Gentleness is strength under control. Write that down. Gentleness is strength that's under control. How many of you have ever ridden a horse? Can I see your hands? How many of you, a big, powerful horse is a little scary for you to ride? Can I see your hands? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a little intimidating for some of us. Uh, that's why there is this thing called a bit. <laughs> and you put the bit in the horse's mouth, and even a powerful horse can be guided and led by the control of the bit. Tracking with me? Uh, so we allow the Holy Spirit, we allow Jesus to put the bit in our mouth and under the Lord's control, and forgive me, but I, I picture myself as a horse and I actually open up my mouth and say, put the bit in, Lord, and put it in and now you lead and you guide and take me where you want to go today. Maybe you'll come up with a better example for yourself, but that's where I go. Lord, you lead me and guide me just like, like a big old horse. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And the last one is, say it, self-control. Self-control is the Holy Spirit's power to say no to the hideous 15. Holy Spirit's power to say, no, I'm not going to get involved with what you're clearly saying in your book is wrong and sin. And Self-control is saying yes to what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. So it has a positive side. Saying no to what I shouldn't be involved in and saying yes to those things that I should be involved in. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control, leading us to do positively those things. Now, here's what you need to know. The unchurched world needs us to regularly live life in front of them with the fruit of the Spirit. Think with me, balcony. The unchurched world is watching us, and you're wrong if you think, well, nobody's watching. No, if they know you're a follower of Jesus, they're watching us, and they need us to regularly live life in front of them with the fruit of the Spirit splashing on them on on a daily basis. Romans 8 and verse 9 tells us, more than anything, we need the Holy Spirit to live a holy Jesus-like life. Now, we've spent like six weeks saying this isn't a suggestion, it's a what? This isn't just a suggestion. Uh, Why don't you get your life filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a what is it? It's a command. Ephesians 5 verse 18, command... Spent three Sundays there. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
We've spent three Sundays now in Galatians chapter 5. Walk, verse 16, by the Spirit. Did you know that's a command? Active, daily, continuously, present tense, over and over and over again. So, so both of those are in the same tense. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and keep on daily, present tense, actively being filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16, walk by the Spirit, command, and keep on daily, continuously, over and over, present tense, stay walking by the Spirit. So what's the problem? Some of you are thinking, you know, seems pretty straightforward. Why aren't we, uh, as a church, just turning northern Michigan upside down? Think with me. There's six, seven hundred of us. If all of us are daily obeying this command and connecting to Jesus and allowing his spirit to... Why aren't we just raining fruit all over northern Michigan? <laughs> Want to know? Here's the answer. Because we're kind of satisfied with it. Just, just a, little, a little... You know what a dollop is? Just, just a little bit of the Holy Spirit here and there. Um, I'll take two scoops of, of Jesus this week in his spirit, and, and we don't want to overdo it, why not too much, so I'll, I'll take a little scoop on Monday, and then probably by Friday I could use another little scoop of, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But, but we're satisfied with, with just getting filled with the Spirit when I feel like it. Give me your eyes. I, I'm getting filled with the Holy Spirit when things are going well in my life, and when things are convenient, okay, I'll get filled with the Holy Spirit today, um, but I'm kind of busy on the next day, and, and I'm a little stressed, and I got, you know, kind of a cold, and I'm not feeling so good, so I'm going to take the day off today. Some of you are thinking, well, I got a life to live, Pastor Jeff, you know? Uh, so we dabble and we go halfway, living as followers of Jesus Christ. And many of us, we're just walking into this Jesus stuff up to our ankles. See what I'm talking about? We're up to our ankles. And, and you're thinking right now, well, will you expect me to go in up to my knees? You don't really expect me to go up to my waist or my chest, right? People will think I'm some kind of Jesus freak. If I actually get into this Jesus stuff all the way, here's what Romans 8, 12, and 13 says. Okay? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. It's not to our old sinful natures, verse 13. We have an obligation to live by the Spirit and put to death the misdeeds of the body. That's this question a bunch of different ways for the last 11 weeks. Um, why aren't we, through the power of the Spirit, just splashing fruit so much that people in northern Michigan, they're saying, whatever you got in your life, whatever that fruit stuff is that I'm, I'm experiencing regularly from you, um, I want it. You, you understand that's the purpose. It's when we're connected to the vine and we're living Jesus in front of him, 
and them, and we're living the fruit of the Spirit, that's when the unchurched say, I don't get it, I don't understand it, but whatever it is you got, I want in me. (laughs) Why aren't six, seven, eight hundred of us doing in Petoskey and Boyne City and Boyne Falls and Alanson and Charlevoix and East Jordan and Johannesburg uh, and Mansalona and Alba and Carp Lake. Why aren't six, seven, eight hundred of us doing what 120 did in Jerusalem and turned that city upside down? That's the hard, convicting, challenging question that we've been battling and and dealing with now for 11 weeks. Why is that? Why is that? And and I'm going to tell you the answer again. Uh, Walking by the Holy Spirit is active. Walking by the Holy Spirit takes our focus, requires our attention, requires our determination, requires a commitment to get and daily stay full of his spirit. Give me your eyes. If, if this is actually going to happen in us, it doesn't just happen casually. Okay, Jesus, whatever you want. If you want to zap me, that'd be great. That's not how this happens. Actively, daily, we got to make this the passion of our lives to get, again, connected to Jesus daily and invite him to fill us. Uh, actively, Killing the fruit of the flesh in our lives. Here's the sad truth. Many of us, and that's being kind, probably most of us, we're content to dabble. We're content to, okay, Jesus, I'll get connected to the vine when it works into my schedule. I'll get connected to the vine and I'll get filled with when I'm not too tired, when I'm not too distracted, when I feel like it. That's dabbling. And the people outside of this church who don't know Jesus, you know what? They want to know if this stuff works daily. And they're watching us, and they want to know, are you still full of the fruit of Jesus and the Spirit? Are you patient when the boss is a jerk? Do you understand? Or, or, or if you're the boss, are, are you still patient when the employees are making you crazy? That's what they're watching for. Is there joy in your life when you have a cold? That's kind of like when you have a sinus infection, when, when there's bronchitis going on, is there still joy on a bad day? Is there still peace when the car breaks down and the checkbook is empty? That's what they're watching for. Are you still loving when the customer is yelling at you? When, when whoever you're working for is not happy and they're being very ugly, are you still loving them with agape in return? Are you kind to the misfits? You know the people who everybody makes fun of? Nobody really wants to hang with. Nobody wants to be around. Is there kindness in you towards those people? That's what they're watching in us. Are we faithful it starts with our spouse. Or, or are you regularly looking for opportunities to flirt with people of the opposite sex? And did you know the people around you, they know that you're married? Or are they watching and you're regularly watching things 
uh, of someone in the opposite sex and it's not good stuff you're watching and they're watching you watch that. (laughs) That's not faithfulness. Following Jesus, making an eternal difference isn't very effective when we're just dabbling. Can I just be honest? (laughs) When I'm just in this part-time, okay, I'm in it up to my knees. Uh, When we're just doing it, when it's convenient, when it's easy, when I feel like it, it's not. It doesn't work. Because the people outside of there, they're saying, no, I I don't think I, I just see it like, you know, every once in a while. I'm not interested, you know. And you're thinking, but, you know, on Thursday, I took a lunch and I actually prayed and I listened to Chris Tomlin during lunch hour. And man, I came back and for the next two hours, I was shining bright. <laughs> and then Friday showed up and you're an impatient jerk again. And they're thinking, what's with this? <laughs> you know, two hours of, I kind of like that, but what's with this? Listen close. Jesus is calling his children to be active daily walking with him. I can't say it any stronger. He's saying, you know what? If you're going to follow me and be one of my kids, I'm asking you to go against the flow and actually jump in and dive in and be continuous with this on a daily basis. You tracking? I'm all in. I'm all in. Question. You're weary of just waiting up to Jesus with your knees? Or maybe you're to the waist. Nice job. Okay? Are, are, are you just weary of this half-hearted Jesus stuff? Can I tell you that it really doesn't have good effects on our children? When we're dabbling with Jesus, our children are watching. So forget the unchurched people, but your children are saying, well, that must be what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. It's just when it's easy, when it's convenient, when it works into your schedule, when you feel like it. And they're saying, um... And we wonder why our children don't want Jesus in church because they've watched us. We're just dabbling. I understand you don't make a decision and then everything changes. I get it. But I will say most long-term choices begin with a day of reckoning, with with a, a commitment to say, Jesus, here I am. By your grace, I'm, I'm going to start on this journey. And, and by your grace, I'm going to make this commitment to dive in. Go ahead, put it up there, Dan. Okay? See the guy diving in? I'm not going up to my ankles anymore. I'm not going up to my knees. And Dan made the point, well, he's not actually in the water. Can I just tell you? I saw the next picture. He goes in the water, okay? He's going in. He's going in. So he's calling us to dive in him, full bore, okay? And Lord, I recognize it's one day at a time, but tomorrow, give me the strength. I'm going to dive in tomorrow. And Tuesday, I'm all in on Tuesday. And Lord, one day at a time, I want to start that journey. That's what I'm all about. I want to be in it to win it with you over the days, weeks, months, years ahead deep, abiding commitment to daily getting connected to Jesus, staying connected to Jesus, allowing your spirit to fill me and control me so I can show the people watching 
my family, my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, the unchurched around me, what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I argued with the Lord about this, and I said, but Lord, this is not the last week. I want to save this for next week. And the Lord kind of had me like this and said, no, um, I want you to today challenge the folks who are ready to say, I'm in, I'm, I'm diving in. So I, I guess I'll, I'll just start down here. And the Lord's been, in case you haven't caught on, been working hard in me. And he's saying, you going to be in this too? <laughs> Believe it or not, not all preachers are diving in like we should. Are, are you in it? Are you in it to win it every day? So I, I, I'm, just, I'm just standing here in front of you. I'll, I'll go first. And I know we're supposed to shut our eyes and not look around because that's a little safer. But I don't think this, this is a safe thing when you dive in. And, and I know the temptation for, for some of us now is, wow, I'm going to feel weird if I stand. I'm going to feel weird if I don't stand. And I guess I just would say, just, just stand or don't stand based on what the Lord's doing in your heart what he's talking to you about. Been talking about 120. 120 people literally started a chain of events that changed and turned the ancient world upside down. It started with 120. And I guess I just want to know. I'll, I'll be one. <laughs> Anybody else going to say, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. And here's the cool part, because we don't have our eyes shut like we usually do, right? You can actually look around. So uh, if you don't know the person next to you, if you don't know the person behind you, would you just take a minute and say, uh, I'm in it to win it, and by the way, what's your name? Because I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to talk to you next Sunday and find out how your week went. So go ahead, do a little homework with each other. Tell them, I'm in it to win it. Are you in it to win it? Yeah, I'm all in. Introduce yourself. Tell them your name. You can even give them your phone number if you're that bold. finish up if you didn't get your uh, information, email, texting addresses, uh, you can do that afterwards. Um, and I know it's an outward thing, but would you, uh, if you're willing and able, just lift your hands up to the Lord and right now let's uh, close by inviting him, the Lord Jesus, to seal our decisions, to, to seal our commitments. Lord, would you do that right now? You're an awesome God and you, you fill us with your good fruit. And I guess I'm especially grateful for your patience with me. And so squirrely and Lord, uh, you uh, continually take us back and love us and bless us and use us. 
So I pray for my friends, my church family here. Lord, we don't want to be filled with your spirit. We don't want to be splashing fruit so that we get the glory and the honor. And We truly don't, Lord. We want your son Jesus to be lifted high. But we recognize it's until we take the time and make the commitment to get connected, that doesn't happen. So whatever it takes, Lord, help us to be in this to win it for you. Lord, we uh, desperately need to daily, actively be filled with your spirit. Our children need to see that in us. Our grandchildren need to see that in us. Our neighbors need to see it in us. The folks we go to school with need to see it in us. The people we work with need to see it in us. Lord, would you use us to, uh, to start something that's Jesus big in northern Michigan? Start a fire. Start with me. Start with us, Lord, your church family. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things.